Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators fear will try to get in front of us fear will make itself very loud to us and we're going to wake up every day and say to our day to say to our destiny rock kazak i will do nothing else except be strong and courageous because fear will keep you from your destiny that's impossible let me tell you what i believe your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. No, you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast. Because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this, the solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? What would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm sat across from a man so aggressive, he once fell off his bike and skinned the sidewalk with his knee. That's right, friends, the former Navy SEAL. <laughs> Garrett Unklebach, a man who thinks defense is for losers. Uh, the concrete went home and cried to its parents. Tell you what, it split and got right out and out of there, huh? <laughs> oh, man. I'm even upset about that one. Sorry. In advance, friends. Well, <laughs> here we are. Week 3G of our three-part series on overcoming fear. And this week is take massive action. We went through the first three steps, which if you haven't listened, go back and listen. But there, know your fear. Understand what your fear is costing you. Despise your fear. And now it's time to take massive action. And uh, this is really where the rubber hits the mo- road because those uh, three steps before are absolutely imperative. But this fourth one is where you really start to see change in your life. And somebody that we all know of, G, that had a massive change in his life, Muhammad Ali. Arguably, and I say arguably, but I don't think it's that arguable, the greatest boxer of all time. Is that arguable? Yeah, it's at least arguable for sure. Okay, well, greatest boxer of all time. You want to talk about a guy who took massive action. The way he got into boxing, and Garrett didn't know this, so I actually got to uh, educate Garrett on something. When he was a kid, somebody stole his bike. You want a, like a sticker? or? Bro, I already made the sticker myself. I'm going to put it on my shirt when I get home. Anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> when he was a kid, somebody stole his bike, and he wanted to beat the kid up. 
and he realized that he didn't know how. So he went to a boxing gym and actually he went in there to learn how to whip this kid so that he could get his bike back. And that is actually what led to perhaps the greatest boxer of all time. At that point, he was Cassius Clay. Did he get his bike back? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if, like Michael Jordan, in his Hall of Fame speech, he talked about that. Dude, Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech is actually savage. Have you seen it? I actually don't like it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. You thought it was really dishonoring. I did, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we should probably cover that on another time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyways, but that... Um, yeah, so but that's the reason. The reason I'm sharing that. Why am I sharing that? Besides the fact that it's kind of crazy uh, how he got his start. It seems very random, but he took massive action in a moment. Right? He was mad. He wanted to beat this kid up, and then he decided that if he was going to beat him up, he was going to beat him up good, and he was going to go learn how to box. And I just I say that to say because what we're going to cover today is how to take massive action over your fears. And for all the stuff, I mean, all the stuff that we say on this podcast all the time, if you don't take action. Knowledge isn't power. Knowledge is potential. Action is power. So you absolutely have to take action. Think about a time in your life. Everybody out there will have something when they took massive action. For a lot of people, it might be losing weight or I'm fed up of this career. I'm going to make a job change. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to, you know, think about a time in your life whenever you've made a massive change. For most people, they had to realize that they were in so much pain that the pain that they knew seemed far greater than the pain that they could potentially be moving towards. And that's what caused them to change. So what we're saying is leverage yourself hard and understand the pain that you're causing yourself. Like we talked about last week, understand what your fear is costing you and let's take some action. Fair G? Fair. Okay. So we're going to get straight into it. So G, you had a good analogy for facing your fears that I thought was helpful. Yeah, well, one of them is actually a childhood story for me, uh, which is, it, it's a great analogy story as well. Um, I actually have two stories, but when I was young, I had, you know, like most kids when they're little, a fear of the dark. Mm. Right. Like you're you're scared, you're uncomfortable being in your room by yourself with the lights off. And I remember like being afraid of things in my room, you know, typical little kid story. Like you see things you see and they you know, you think it's something bad. And I remember telling my father that and he had me go in my closet mm. and confront the thing that I thought was, you know, something that was a monster. That was the thing that was going to hurt me, you know, afraid of something that I just didn't understand. It's like, hey, you're going to go in there and face that thing. And it's actually just, you know, a hoodie over your baseball bat, right? It's not actually what you think it is. If you've ever seen an episode of Scooby-Doo, so many times at the end of the episode, you know, there's this like ghost or monster that they're hunting. And then they, you know, they, they catch the ghost and they pull the sheet off of it. Yeah. And it's not a ghost. It's, you know, a dude sitting. Mr. Wilson the yeah, whole time. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And so. Both of those stories, um, the example that we're trying to paint today that what we want you to do is to go into that closet, yeah. is to pull the sheet off of the ghost and realize that most of the time it's not what you thought it was. And that's, but that's what fear does. Fear makes us see an illusion like we talked about in part one, this imagined future that's probably never even going to happen in your life and you've made something into something that it's not. Yeah, big time. I love that analogy because I used to love Scooby-Doo as a kid, so I was glad that you went there. There's a, another story that I want to tell, and those who are you know, familiar with what we do on, on Saturdays at Elevate Life Church with Mighty Men, I've heard this story all the time, yes. but I want to tell it here. It's very applicable uh, because what this story is, the same one that I talk about it on Saturday, this story is a reminder, right? And this story needs to be a reminder for you, and overcoming fear is something that you have to be reminded about. There's a story in uh, Joshua in the Bible 
this is after the Israelites, if, if you're not familiar with this story, just kind of paint the backstory for you a little bit. This is after the Israelites have been in captivity in Egypt for hundreds of years, and Moses leads them out of slavery, leads them into the desert, right? And they're on their way to the promised land. As they leave Egypt, God has performed miracle after miracle to provide for them, miracle to get them across the Red Sea, miracles in the desert to provide for them and feed them. And then they come to the Jordan River. They're ready to cross over the river and go into the promised land. And God tells Moses to send 12 spies into the land. And so Moses does so. He sends 12 spies into the land to go see and survey the promised land and see how good it is. And the 12 spies come back and 10 of them say, yeah, I mean, this land is beautiful. I can see why this is the place that God has given us. They say it's a land flowing with milk and honey, but they also say there's so many giants there. The, the people there are huge. There's too many of them. I don't think we can take them, right? After God has done so much in their life, they come back and their response is fear. They say, I don't know how we could kill these giants. I don't know how we could take this land yeah. that God has given to us. There were two men named Joshua and Caleb who were also spies who went in and they said, hey, there's some big dudes there, but I know that we can take it. However, the 10 spies, and this is really, this was their perspective. This is what they saw mm-hmm. in that situation. They saw those giants and they imagined, uh, they imagined their death. Yeah. They imagined us coming here to take this place and that we would lose that fight. Yeah. And so they came back and convinced over 600,000 Israelite men. That's how many fighting age men there were that left Egypt. They convinced all of those men to believe the same thing that they did. Mm. Think about that. Like those men never didn't even see it. Yeah. They just heard someone else's account and they convinced over 600,000 Israelite men, fighting age men, that God has this great promised land for you, but you shouldn't go there mm. because the giants are so big and there's too many of them that you'll, you'll die trying to take it. And so God waits 40 years for all of these men to die. He, t- he actually, some of them like changed their mind and they say, no, we're going to try and yeah. go. And that doesn't go very well. So... <laughs> The majority of these men uh, never go into the promised land. God waits 40 years for all of them to die. So fast forward 40 years later, here's Joshua, one of the two spies that originally went into the land and said, hey, we can surely take it, right, because God is with us. 40 years later, Joshua is now the leader. Moses has died, and God is speaking to Joshua. He says, it's time for you to take the sons of Israel into the promised land. So all of these men, their father has died. And Joshua is speaking to a bunch of young men, and God has said to Joshua, it's time to go into the promised land. You're going to lead these men, and I want you to go and tell them this. Go and tell them, this is Joshua 1.9, to be strong and courageous. And when you look at what the way that it's said in the Hebrew, what the way that it's really said is do nothing else mm. except be strong and courageous. And on Saturday mornings, we this is something that we yell uh, it, in the Hebrew, it's rock kazak, mm. right? The full phrase is rock kazak. Amats, meaning do nothing else except except be strong and courageous. And we yell this every Saturday, not as like a rah-rah, but as a reminder that we're not going to let fear into our life, that yes. God has not given us a spirit of fear, as a reminder that God's way is higher than our way, mm. right? Because God's way is something that we can't see, yes. right? If we focus only on what we can see, if we focus only on the imagined fear that we have, we're not going to enter the promised land, yeah. right? So I tell, I tell this story as one of the great you know, examples of fear and story of overcoming fear 
in the Bible because then Joshua takes these men into Israel and they go on a long campaign of, of taking the promised land. But more than just this story is the reminder, one, we do this every Saturday, right? We talk about this story and then we yell rock kazak because we're reminding ourselves yes. that fear will try to get in front of us. Fear will make itself very loud to us and we're going to wake up every day and say to our day, to say to our destiny, rock kazak. I will do nothing else except be strong and courageous because fear will keep you from your destiny. Yeah. Now I love that so much. We, uh, that's the number one thing that we text each other as well, <laughs> yeah. but, but there's a reason for that. Like catch what Garrett said, like God said to them, you're getting ready to go take this land that all these men had to die because they truthfully, like what that's, you said, they had their faith in the wrong place. That's what will happen to you if mm-hmm. you're afraid, right? Yep. Not that you'll, you know, die in place, but that you'll die in the desert, right? You will die not in the place that you were supposed to go to. Yeah, I love that. Do not be afraid because what's the sister of fear? Discouragement. Do not yeah. be discouraged. Oh, I love that. Be strong, courageous. All right, guys, we're going to dive into some the specific ways to face death in the categories that we gave. Uh, but think about it like this. We are not so... You meant to say face fear, right? You said face death. Oh, sorry, face fear. Yeah, well, you know, death <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that, but... Punch death in the face. We'll talk about how to face death. Yeah, well, yeah. We will. We're really <laughs> focusing on facing fear, but anyway. Sorry, yeah, I didn't even... Thank you for catching me. Thank you for correcting me and making me better, G. I appreciate it. But... It's not easy, but I got you. This is what actually goes on behind the scenes, folks. <laughs> that little glimpse right there of Garrett antagonizing me. And I always bite. Uh, so, but just remember, <laughs> we're not silver bullet people here. So when we're talking about this... We've, we've talked about how... Like, like Rock Kazakh, right? right? It's every day. It is we do it every day. Saturday, yes. but I also say to the men, like, make this a part of your life every yeah. day. Because it's not a, you know, well, I did that once, exactly. and now I'm not afraid anymore. Correct. And, and truthfully, I do say that all the time to I do myself too. throughout the day. Like, when something comes on me, I'm like, Rock Kazakh, let's... Fr-. Like, it just gets me into a different state. Like, I'm... Like, Terminator mode is good. So, this is training, and you'll be able to relate to it, but we're, the reason we're saying all this is because... This is a process. Like you're going to have to train fear out of you the same way that it was trained into you. You didn't like rehearse a bad scenario one time and go, oh no, you've rehearsed the scenario, whatever your greatest fear is, many, many times. So guess what? Take the, the approach that you're going to get after this and you're going to keep keep with it. The same way that you may have trained for a marathon or tests. Gary, you talked about as Navy SEALs, you guys did crazy stuff and you told me you were never afraid because you trained so much. Yeah, I mean, that's the point of, we've talked about it before, we talked about it earlier in this series about amygdala hijack. There's a reason they teach that to us because they know that that we're going to get put in situations that are very scary and, I mean, truly life or death situations. And we've been trained for that life or death situation. So you need to know how to overcome that fear response because if you are trained and prepared for a situation, Fear is not a feeling that you want to have. And so it became very casual to me and, and to my peers that you get into these situations. It's kind of, it feels weird, but you get into these situations where it's like, I should feel afraid right now, but I don't mm. because I've prepared and trained for this moment. And that once you've been through those moments uh, continually, you, be, you, you, you walk into these moments where it's like, well, I should be afraid, but I've, one, I've done this before. I've prepared for this moment. Like I've, I've actually been here like one, once or twice or a dozen times, but I've prepared for this moment hundreds of times. And each time that you go into this place where you should feel afraid, but you walk in there prepared and you have the ability to overcome fear, fear just be, it's kind of, it's like the Scooby-Doo ghost. It's mm-hmm. like, you see another ghost and you're like, no, you're not a ghost. Yeah. You are you know, a dude sitting on top of another dude's shoulders pretending to be a ghost. Yeah. So 
Ah, I love that, man. So the, let's, the, the, the lesson there is just pre- how preparation changes your relationship with fear. Yeah. Well, let's train. So let's train here. Okay. So very first category, if you remember our three categories were life and death, resource, and meaning and purpose. And those are the three categories that all of your fears can be put in one of those categories. Correct. So what we went through last week was we talked about, uh, we talked about people who are afraid of, of death for themselves or their kids. But what, what we focused in on was people who have a real fear of pain. And we use my own example. We use, we use Nick's example. Yeah. I am like the example of what not to do on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we use the fear of pain. And, and actually, Gary, what we talked about was that pain cycle where people will have a pain numbing agent of choice. The most common ones are like weed or alcohol, drugs. Yeah, alcohol is the most common. Isn't it strange how like this country is, and it's not just this country, it's like most people in the world their relationship with alcohol. It's the one drug that people are like, you don't do this? Yeah. Yeah, it is. You, you don't drink alcohol? Like any other drug, you tell people like, yeah, I don't do heroin. They're like, yeah, I, I don't either. Right. You know, it'd be like you telling people that, you know, you're not into drugs and they're like, why don't you do that? Yeah, it's such a crazy peer pressure thing. Like that it seems odd that you would not drink. Well, I think I think it's also a study in the power of culture and the Mm -hmm. power and the power of peer pressure yeah because like if you look at it objectively you're like man um this has a lot of harmful effects Mm -hmm. right and where there's been these studies in the past where like oh a glass of wine a day is good for you right like a lot of those have been debunked there's way more yeah there's actually way more research now that no amount of alcohol is healthy for you yeah um and i think you can find that anecdotally in your life yeah by like how you feel like how did man uh, that that glass of wine last night really made me feel better Mm, no it didn't yeah i slept great because those six beers i had (laughs) exactly said no one ever um so anyways don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole but um but we you know if you are if you are in that camp you know Maybe it's time to make a change. Maybe yes. it's time to start hanging around people that uh, don't have destructive habits. Yeah. So, so, gee, if I am in that camp, if I'm somebody who has a real fear of pain and I'm numbing it with weed or alcohol, which is the, what we went into last week, like what, do you, how, what would you say? How do you face that fear? How do you face the fear of overcoming weed and alcohol? Well, because well, we're saying that's a fear of pain and that's what you're, yeah. that's what you're numbing it with, right? And there, I believe truthfully that there'll be a lot of people out there they may not realize they're numbing a pain, but they are definitely, if they were to step back, they would realize they get triggered by certain things and that's what causes yeah, I mean, the urge. The, the way that you're going to face that is the same way that you dealt with your pain in the ice bath, right? right. The reason people get into weed, the reason, pe- reason people are drinking is because they don't want to feel the pain. Yeah. Like truly it is to numb the pain. Like I want to make myself feel good. Mm-hmm. So what am I doing? How am I going to face it? You're going to have to sit with it. You're going to, you're going to have to make a choice, right? And this is what has been given to all of us. This is the superpower that human beings have, which is the ability to choose. This is Viktor Frankl's between stimulus and response lies our freedom, Yes, right? Which is the ability to choose. And the next time you get the stimulus for pain, you're going to have to choose differently than you've chosen in the past, which is to choose to run from it, right? You're going to have to choose to engage your pain because really what you're doing when you run from your pain, you're making yourself weaker and you're, you're reaping more pain in your life. Yeah. Versus it's, it's like, um, we, we mentioned this on, uh, we mentioned this last time, but it's Bruce Lee's don't ask for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Because if you pray for an easy life, everything becomes like, if you like you're asking for an easy life, that'll make you really weak. And when you're really weak, everything hurts. Yeah. So massive action here is going to be throwing it away. Whatever it is, whether if it's alcohol, clear out your liquor cabinet, throw away all the stuff. If it's weed, throw it away, like get rid of it. Find an accountability partner. Like truthfully, if you don't take massive action right now, when you're realizing, 
how pain has been dictating to you, how fear has been dictating to you, you won't do it. But that's what massive action looks like. And that's the, that's the road to being free. And Garrett talked about sitting with it. I will tell you, the ice bath is such a perfect analogy to this because I tried everything I could to make the ice bath not hurt because of my fear. That was my relationship with pain and my fear of pain was to just try and make it go away as fast as I possibly could. I went running. I did all sorts of things to heat my body up. I tried various tactics. All these, you tried all these things to make the ice bath not hurt. Exactly. And I remember you had said to me, you're like, look, it's going to hurt no matter what. You got to just accept that. And truthfully, the first time I ever was able to sit in the ice bath like a man and give my declarations and not like be trying to go faster or find a shortcut, it was because I, I just said to myself, I was like, this is going to hurt no matter what, whatever. And I just sat down in it and I was like, here comes the pain. And I'll tell you, the unlock of being able to sit with your pain, here's what will happen with weed and with alcohol. When you throw those things away, you're going to be forced to confront some things because you're going to have to sit there and you're going to feel uncomfortable and you're going to have an urge to, to go get whatever it is that you choose to numb it with. And whenever you overcome that, you're going to be left with the pain. You're going to have to start asking yourself some questions. Where does this pain come from? Why do I feel the way that I feel? And you're going to start working through your thoughts and emotions. But when you can sit there and be like, this hurts, but I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to choose what I want my life to be. The victory and the moment that you will have of overcoming is so much more valuable than I can ever explain to you. And you will truly experience freedom because now whatever you are using to numb your pain no longer has control over you. And like we said, this is training and it's a process. It's not a one-time thing. But, oh, man, that first time, what a victory. And that's we you said there's freedom there. Yes. Right? And this is return to this quote by Viktor Frankl, between stimulus and, res- and between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space lies our freedom. Right. But there's only freedom there if you take the space yes. between stimulus and response. Good. Because for a lot of people, it's not a it's not stimulus choose response. Yeah. It's stimulus auto response. Correct. And their auto response is to run and hide from pain. Yeah, that's so good, G. Yeah, you really are taking taking overtaking the autopilot. Yeah, when you and that's why again, that's why we encourage so many people to uh, check out an ice bath. Shout out to Freedom Plunge because it, the reason I've uh, chosen that in my life is because it is an opportunity for me to like a lot of things in life. You'll build up a tolerance to pain. Yeah. Or there's things that are painful for you that'll be continually painful and they'll hurt or damage your body. Right. Ice bath is something for me that I could do it every day, and it never gets easier. It, it's always cold, and it actually has like. After I get out, physiologically, it's good for my body. It doesn't hurt my body. Correct. Most things that like if are perpetually every day that high of a level of pain are actually harmful to your body. Yeah, it is. Uh, I described it. It, it puts me, it, it makes me choose freedom every day. Yes. Right. And what's so interesting is like you could, if someone told you you're going to be forced to get into an ice bath every day for the rest of your life, like some people would think that's a prison sentence. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like they would think that's like, I have to start, like you're going to be forced. You're not going to get a choice every morning when you wake up, like some 400 pound, you know, Thor Bjornson dude is going to come <laughs> grab you out of bed and put you into 33 degree water every single day at the start of your day. You would think like you like, you'd feel like you get some people, you could feel like you got cancer. Like this right. is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Or again, this, and this is the freedom, right? Or I could choose this yes. and look how strong it can make me look how much better it can make me. And every time I'm standing there in front of the ice bath, I'm like, yep, 
don't want to do this yep. right, right now. I've never felt and like it. every time I get it, it's the same feeling. Every time I get it, I'm like, so glad I did that. Yeah. I described it to some friends as every single day when I go into the ice bath, that's me beating up my weaker self because my weaker self is 100% exactly. trying to dictate it. Yeah. yeah. And it's saying, no, no, the strong guy is going to run things yeah, again today. That's when you can have that conversation with yourself. I bet you'd like that, wouldn't you? Exactly. That's what you say. I say whatever. I want to, um, so we talked about pain and we talked about um, overcoming a fear in the sense that, um, you know, look at it like the Scooby-Doo ghost and I'm going to rip the sheet off of it. And when you are afraid of that thing, that's not actually what you think it is. That's an irrational fear, mm. right? Like we kind of talked about, uh, in the previous episode about fear of sharks and so funny, like Nick and I were talking about fear of sharks and bears and our phones were listening to us cause we both like, uh, within the next 24 hours got all these videos on Instagram <laughs> of crazy. like, I got a video of a guy like swimming away from a shark, got videos of people being attacked by bears. Yeah. But, Anyways, <laughs> that being said, we talked about how some of those things can be an irrational fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and an irrational fear is a fear that's like, it's not helping you, it's not serving you, and it, like it's not really based in logic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some fears, and let me just break this down for a second, the difference between you know a rational fear and an irrational fear. An irrational fear is, does not have logic in it, right? Um, it's poor logic plus emotion. Mm-hmm. That's an irrational fear. Uh, a rational fear is like a wise concern. Like there's logic in this, but you've added emotion to it. Yeah. The common denominator between a rational and an irrational fear is that you've added emotion to yeah. it. But so let's take the emotion out of it and talk about poor logic versus rational wise concern, right? There's some things that you should have a wise concern about. For example, some people have a wise concern. Most people have a wise concern. Um, at, you know, that's uh, dumbing it down to call it a concern, but about their children dying or about their spouse dying or about their parents dying, like that's a, that can happen and it does happen to people. Um, your parents are going to die at some point. Uh, your friends are going to die at some point. Um, 50% of mm. people, um, or 50% of married people experience their spouse dying. <laughs> right? You have to look that stat up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like those are, Things that happen to people. And so that's like a rational thing uh, to be concerned about. Yeah. But here's the thing uh, that I want to bring up is, you know, you add emotion to that and it becomes a fear. What I don't want for people to have. So I'm, I'm just calling out that like you need to, we're saying that you need to address fears like having a fear of pain in your life. Yes. You're not going to go take massive action on a fear of death or a fear of your spouse dying uh, in the way that we're talking about it here. The way that you do need to take action on those types of fears, right? You're not going to go confront it because it's not an irrational fear. Right. We're challenging you to go confront your irrational fears. Having a fear of your spouse dying, fear of your parents or children dying, something like that, it's not really an irrational fear, but you don't want that to be a fear in your life. Remember a quote that we've talked about on this podcast often? It's one of my favorite philosopher quotes is Seneca, who says, most people suffer more in their minds than in reality, right? What you don't want is to suffer the reality of your, you know, your spouse dying before it ever becomes a reality. Yeah. Don't suffer the future reality of your parents dying before it ever happens. There is a stoic philosophy or a stoic way of thinking called memento mori, which means remember that one day you will die. Remember that you will die. Right. But that doesn't mean that it becomes like this deep fear in your life. What you need to have with memento mori is a reminder to make every day matter. It's a reminder to choose in your life to not let these fears bother you, but to instead 
look at the things in your life and value them. But the point being in, in all of this with these things that can be a rational fear is don't add emotion to it and make your life more painful because of it. Yeah, because like we said, most of these things never come true. And can you imagine if it did, if it when it did finally happen, you're like, man, I spent so much time worrying about this that I robbed myself of the yeah, enjoyment. Well, most of the irrational fears will never come true. Yeah, The rational fears very much uh, have a possibility to come true. Yeah. But don't suffer now because of it. Uh, I like that. And that's, uh, and, and you, you talked about this, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, G. You said that a lot of the things that people spend time worrying about have happened to other people. And it, in, you can go and look and see that they were fine. And so it, it, if, you, if you think about that, if you were to face the fear of your spouse dying, you could go and find other people who have, who have done it and, it, and have come, overcome it. And by doing that, you could create a reference experience for yourself and be like, hey, here's an example of somebody else who did it and they were absolutely fine. So what am I so worried about? You know, so you can address those things. It's happened before. People have survived and they've even thrived. So anyways, let's move on to the next one, which was resources. And we talked about this last week, which was finance. A lot of people yeah. fear of finance. What I'm we actually just had someone email in about that too, right? We did. Right? Yes, we did. And um, he could relate a lot to what I talked about, which I was grateful for. That's why I share these things on the podcast. Um, and we, all, everyone who's uh, written emails in, we appreciate, you know, you, like you guys send us long emails and we read them. We do. They go, they go to Nick and Nick shares them all with me. And just want to say to all of you guys that have written into us, we appreciate your stories and we appreciate hearing how much like you've been changed by this mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah. And all I can say is that I hope if you've experienced change on this podcast, that you are sharing it with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Truth. But um, one of the things I'm realizing as I'm looking at our list of, of the fears, the natural reaction to these is to run and hide. And Absolutely. The, the anecdote is to face up to them. So what we're saying is if you, if you have a fear of finance, here's what you do. Make a budget. Because what, what's that going to... Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Most people's... Like, this is most people's fear with their money. I have a fear of running out of money. And to me, it's a very rational fear. Okay, I can give you all the rational reasons why I'm afraid of running out of money. You know, I could lose my job. I don't make very much money. My bills and expenses are very close to how much money I make every month. Like one thing could just happen and then like I don't have any money and I need to put new tires on my car and I don't have enough money for that right now. You're thinking about all these times and all these ways that you can run out of money and your, you think your antidote for running out of money is your fear of it, Yeah. right? Like, because I'm so afraid of it, I think about it all the time. I'm so concerned about it. I'm going to make sure I don't run out of money by just thinking about it all the time. Which is completely irrational. Well, you think it's rational. You think that's the right way to do yeah. it until someone shows you another way. Yeah. And, and, but it's amazing though, isn't it? Cause like, I know I've, once again, I've been in this thing and I remember the anxiety of sitting down and doing a budget and I put it off. I found ways to procrastinate. And finally I was like, I need to do this. Because you, with the reason you don't want to do it is because you, like you feel more comfortable and this is so strange, but you feel more comfortable with your fear mm -hmm. than you do with the reality. Yeah. Right. And it's because true. you have a fear, it's, it's, it's like a fear on top of a fear. You have a fear cake with fear icing on it. You have a fear that this budget will make it worse. Like yeah. if I do the budget, it'll be worse than I actually think it is. You're exactly right. And here's and this is the, what you really, what budget's really going to do for you. Budget's getting in the ice bath. Yep. It's going to hurt one way or the other, but at least I'll know my pain. Exactly. And, and you know, the thing that's crazy about it is when I did do the budget, I'm thinking back to, the, to this, 
you came out feeling so empowered because you had a controllable now. You knew where every single thing was going and you could make a decision. So it wasn't like, oh, well, what? You know, that, oh, you can't do this. Well, no, actually I can because I, I looked and I, I realized that this fits perfect. So I can enjoy the times that I do spend, the expendable income I do have. I can enjoy it that much more because I know it's part of the plan. What an amazing it, it thing. Really, um, one, of the thing, one of the ingredients that you need personally to overcome your fear is... And hopefully you get this from what we, like we talked about earlier, like, you know, what your fear is costing you and you begin to despise it. Uh, but what you need to overcome your fear is to like supersede the situation that you're in, mm. right? You're going to have to want to get out of that, yes. right? Like, because what if, what fear naturally does for people, um, it's, it is a part of our human response to keep you from harm, Yeah. right? However, you can learn to keep yourself from harm in the conscious, in the design, better than you can in the subconscious mm. and in the default, right? It is a form. We've talked about this before, and I, I loved all the comments we got on this. People are like, that's not true. Well, that's because it applies to you. Uh, <laughs> fear can become a form of laziness. Mm. Fear can be a form of laziness in the sense that you don't like, I would rather just sit here with my fear than have to face it because that takes work. Because that takes effort mm. to change, to learn how to be better than the situation that I'm in. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I've thought about that before. Like alcohol in some ways is laziness as well because, you know, when do you do it? Like, oh, I'm bored. I'm just going to, you know, slam this drink and then suddenly anything's fun. I'd rather not care than make my life better. Right. Exactly. It's, it's a hard line, but it's actually true. So once again, make a budget. That's a great way to face a financial fear. And one of the things we talked about, Gene, I want you to, to share what you did because I thought it was super valuable. Yeah. So like, you know, on top of, so you've got a fear, right? You've got a fear of around money. You've got a fear of running out of money, mm-hmm. right? And, and one of your fears of running out of money, besides like the expenses that you have, which you can control to a level, like you can reduce your expenses. Uh, but you also have a fear around your income. Well, what if I lose my job? Yeah. Right. Well, what if you lose your job? Do you, are you valuable at your job? Do you add value at your job? Yeah. I do. If, if you don't, if you don't add value at your job, they're probably talking about firing you right now. Right. But if you do add value at your job, what if you get fired? Right. Whether you did something wrong or you didn't. What if you get what if you get laid off? Right. Because the job that you were working at, like got removed or your company's in decline or whatever. What if you lose your job for whatever reason, but you're valuable? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you can go add value somewhere else. Exactly. There is no shortage of demand for excellence in the world. There are so many opportunities in this world for people who add value. OK, so what if you know you're one of these people who add value? Well, I'm just like really bad at like, you know, I'm, I don't know how to get another job. I've worked at the same job for 11 years and I don't know what I'm going to do next. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't interview very well. Mm. Okay. So you have, so maybe this is, maybe I'm talking to somebody. So you have a fear around your finances just because you're uncomfortable in interviews. Like maybe all mm. that it's going to take for you to change your relationship with finances in your life is to get better interviews, yeah. which you can practice with a friend, which you can also just go do, just go interview for another job. Yeah. Right. Like you can change your entire relationship with finances, which will change the trajectory of your life by just facing some of the small things that are making you uncomfortable. So I just use that as an example. If you're someone that has like a lot of fear around your finances, boil it down to the thing that you're really afraid of. Yeah. I love I I was actually going to point out what you just did, because you, you really started to poke holes in the story that fear was telling you. You're like, well, is that actually true? Like, could you, would you, was there no what, job? What is it that's really bothering you? Yeah, exactly. Right? And no, nobody wants to face the thing that's really bothering them. Yeah. They'd just rather be with their fear. 
Yeah. And I mean, another question to poke holes in that is, are you more valuable now when you, uh, now that you've been doing the job for 11 years or when you started? It's like, well, now, well, then surely it should be easier for you. I just want to say, I hope everyone will hear, like, this isn't us like trying to assault people or condemn people. We want people to grow. We, Nick and I challenge each other. Nick has grown a lot from his relationship with me and I've grown from Nick and we want people who listen to this podcast to grow. Yes. So if you like, truly, if you feel triggered, you feel angry, you feel frustrated, you feel like we're talking to you and you don't feel like it's in a nice way, just take a moment to like pause and say like, okay, is this an opportunity for me to grow? Yeah. Right. If it bothers you, it's probably something that you need to address. 100%. And remember, if what we say bothers you, I've been where you're at. (laughs) Honestly, like every single thing we've talked about, I had a deep uh, knowledge to refer back to experiences in my own life. And just so you guys know, that's not our goal either. No, Uh, it is my goal with Nick most of the time. Uh, but that's not, <laughs> that's not my goal. But. That's what friendship looks like between us is uh, constantly pushing uh, the buttons to get a reaction. And it's fun. Okay, so very last category was meaning and purpose. And what we talked about last weekend, G, was failure, is that it was truly a fear of failure. So fear of failure shows up in a lot of ways. Um, and we talked about it being insecurities, like people having that, their insecurities were dictating to them yeah. because it was a fear of failure. So how would you face that fear? Well, Fear of failure can also be pride, mm, yeah, right? Like you, you don't want, you don't want, you think something of yourself and you think if I go out and make a mistake, then I can't say these, you know, truths about myself. You yeah. think they're truths, but like, I think I'm so awesome. But if I go out and fail, then I'm not really that yes. awesome anymore. And I wouldn't know what to do at that point. So you'd rather not do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I mean, this becomes a, uh, an example of get down to like what, what is really the reason that you have a fear of failure. Uh, but if it's not pride, if you really just, you know, again, there's a lot of sources for this, but you have a fear of failure in your life. What I'm going to challenge you to do, and this is Nick and I talked about this, uh, you know, in the in the the pre-planning is that really what if you are a champion if you have a champion mindset what failure is for you is feedback yeah failure is like okay like especially and go back and listen to our episodes on identity and purpose right but if you know who you are when you fail you're like okay i i messed up but i know who i am and i'm going to get back out there and try it again and now i know what not to do yes i learned something from it Right. So like your fear of failure is going to keep you from, again, keep you from the promised land. Your fear of failure is going to keep you from becoming who you're supposed to be. And because you'd rather just believe you're something that you're not. Yeah. Man, I hope you caught that. Like when failure turns to feedback, you become unstoppable. That that's a perspective shift that you just give to people massively. So how do you face that fear of failure? Try something, literally try anything. Ask the girl out, have the conversation with your boss. If you want one that's simple, that no matter what, before you try it, have the conversation with yourself about what is it that I'm really afraid of, mm. right? Because fear, fear of failure, like fear of pain, like fear of finances is such a broad topic. It's true. Boil it down to what it is that you're really afraid of. Maybe for you, it's, you know, what would my wife think of me? Maybe mm. your fear of failure is related to a fear of finances and you need to boil that down. Maybe your fear of failure is comes from your insecurities and you don't think that you're actually good enough, right? So it's not so much a fear of failure. It's an identity issue, Mm. but fear of failure catches so many people either way, whatever it is, I want you to have the conversation with yourself, boil down to what that root of the fear of failure is. And maybe this is something we'll do a whole nother episode on. But then once you've discovered what that thing is, I want you to take it. I want you to go step into that area that Mm. you're afraid of. Go do something, go try something new, get yourself out there. Yeah. I love that G, you know, something that we didn't talk about, but we kind of did 
you're talking about boiling down your fears so that you're getting to the root of it and not just looking at what you see. And what do you have to be willing to do in order to do that? You have to be able to sit with it. Yep. Confront yourself. Yeah. If you're not willing to be really radically honest and say some things that you don't like, like this is what's really happening in your head. You have to stop and go deep into your thoughts. This comes back to the question, right? Every man's asking himself the same thing. Am I who I think that I am? Yeah. Right. But you don't want to, you won't know who you are until you get tested. Mm. And so a lot of men, they, they want to just think that there's something it's, it's a strange place that get men get into. Like when I went through seal training, I met all these other men who deeply desire to be tested, Mm. but some men, because of their insecurities, they never want to be tested. They want to know who they are, but they're unsure of who they are and they run from the test. Yeah. I want you, I want, I, I hope that the way of thinking that we give people on this podcast will inspire them to run to the test. Yeah, I love that. All right, we're going to wrap. One thing I wanted to say, because I thought it was a cool try something, I gave the example of asking out a girl or talking to your boss. Those are big ones. Here's something simple that everybody can do. Go into Starbucks. I want to I hear some of, like, I don't know how many people we have uh, that age that are, yeah, that aren't married. That's that are true. that are yeah. asking out a girl. So if you are one of our younger listeners, uh, please please oh, write man. in. I'd love to hear the Dude. you know you built up the courage and went and asked out a girl. You can name your if you guys get married, you can name your first kid Nicholas Garrett. That'd be amazing, you know. Or Impossible Life could be the name. <laughs> we'll trademark. We'll work on that. We'll trademark their name, anyways. But like like I was saying, go if you you want something. If you're saying, look, I can't do one of those big things that you just na- named. Go into Starbucks and negotiate yourself a discount on the coffee. Because if you want to talk about exposing some fears and some uncomfortableness and some awkwardness, you will be forced to confront those things. So there's a very simple thing that anybody can do. I like that. And good luck with you. So guys, the challenge is very obvious. Do the work. You got to do it. If you're feeling fired up, if you're feeling challenged, if you're feeling hurt, whatever you're feeling, get after it. You have to take action. The challenge is the fourth step of overcoming fear, which is take massive action, right? You can stand there on at the Jordan and hear the story of your father being afraid. You can hear the story of this is God's plan for your life and there's a promised land for you and you can participate in the war cry of Rock Kazakh and then just watch everyone cross the river and stand there. Don't be that person. Take massive action. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plunges should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.